Pas- Eight minutes after four o'clock on the 8th of October. Hi, hello there. Good afternoon to you. You're very welcome along to the show. We're here till five. 083 is the text line straight through to the studio here in Roscommon Town. Or you can WhatsApp me, that number again, 083 It's just gone 11 minutes after 4 o'clock on this Friday evening, the 8th of October. If it's your birthday today, happy birthday to you. Share your birthday with Bruno Mars. He's 36 years of age and Matt Damon is 51. By the way, tomorrow, happy birthday to David Cameron. He turns 55 and Sharon Osbourne turns 69. Your station across Roscommon Town coming up on Feel Good Friday on this Friday evening I meet with Mary she tells me her personal and difficult story about her journey through cancer when her husband was diagnosed with cancer and how the hospice home care team and then the hospice team helped her through that time her story goes to air at 25 past 4 this evening on Feel Good Friday a difficult story to tell but she tells it well and anyone who's been through that story will really really know the support that you get from the hospice team. Coffee morning of course last week and if you didn't get a chance to support the hospice you can still do so by logging on to hospice.ie I want to say hello to Ashling and Rebecca. Thanks for the text girls Friday evening. It's Feel Good Friday on Ross FM across Roscommon Town on 94.6 and on the World Wide Web at www.rossfm.ie We're also on the Radio Garden app and we're on the TuneIn app as well. If you want to get through to me it's 0906628161 Aidan taking your calls on this Friday evening or you can text me or WhatsApp me on 0838599748 If you'd like a song on the radio I'd be delighted to play it for you this side of 5 o'clock on this Friday evening coming up at 25 past 4 on this Friday evening I'll have Mary's personal story about her journey with the hospice home care team and the hospice team how they supported her through a very difficult time in her life Join me if you can for that. That's at half past four on this Friday evening. Well, 25 past half past four on this Friday evening. And outside that, the best in music to rock you into your weekend. 17 minutes after four o'clock. It's Feel Good Friday. 083 is the text number to get you straight through to me here in the studio in Roscommon Town. I'd love to hear from you. We're also on WhatsApp. And we're on uh, the Radio Garden app as well, where you can tune into us right around the world. And uh, we're also, of course, broadcasting live on our own website, www.rossfm.ie. All you do is hit the live link and you're through to us from 9 through to 7 each and every day Ross FM broadcasting from the Athlone Road in Roscommon Town it's Feel Good Friday across Roscommon Town and it's time now for our Feel Good Friday thought for this Friday afternoon if you had €86,400 in your bank account and someone stole €10 you would would you be so upset that you would throw away the remaining €86,390 just to get back at them. Of course not. You have 86,400 seconds in your day. Why let someone's 10 seconds of negativity take away your remaining 86,390 seconds? Let go. Move on.
94.6. This is Ross FM. I'll be joined after the commercial break by Mary, who tells me her story, her difficult story of the support she received from the hospice movement. That's right outside this commercial break. Stay with me. Ross FM. 94.6, you're tuned to Ross FM across Roscommon Town and on the World Wide Web at www.rossfm.ie. I've popped along to the offices of the Northwest Hospice in Sligo today and I'm joined by Mary. Mary has a very personal story to tell and she also works for the Northwest Hospice. Mary, good afternoon and welcome to Ross FM. Hi Joe, and uh, I'm delighted to be here and thank you for talking to me. First of all, this is a radio station that serves Roscommon Town and the Northwest Hospice doesn't actually serve Roscommon, but can you tell me the link? Well, you're right. Our, our our service area is actually Sligo, Leitrim, South Donegal and West, Ca- West Cavan. But if you look at us on a map, Boyle and Roscommon are very close to us. And up to recently, Mayo Roscommon didn't actually have a, a, an inpatient unit, a hospice. But you now have one in Castlebar and you are building one in Roscommon. But um, in the meantime, we still have people that come at, come to us and we go to them. So I'm sure very, very many people listening to this across Roscommon and indeed further afield would be very familiar with the Northwest Hospice. Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. As we say, we're neighbours. And uh, you do work for the hospice, but you also have a very interesting story to tell. What I'm particularly interested in is your story around the hospice movement. You're comfortable with telling me a little bit about that on Ross FM on this Friday afternoon? Yeah, absolutely. And you're correct. I do work for the hospice now. I'm the commercial manager for Northwest Hospice. But my introduction with the hospice was through my husband's journey. And he unfortunately uh, was diagnosed with cancer a number of years ago. And we eventually got to the stage where they said to us, we're very sorry, but there's absolutely no more we can do for you. But if you want to be at home and we were in Dublin at that stage in hospital, they said you could be referred to the Northwest Hospice. And that's how our journey began. And it's a very difficult story to tell and my sympathies to you on the passing of your husband. But do you want to tell me a little bit about how it felt when you heard the news and then how it felt travelling back to Sligo? Um, well, my, Tony had been sick for a couple of years prior to this and we he had done all the things, you know, a, a cancer diagnosis it's a bit like somebody coming up and pulling the rug out from under your feet and you're inclined to go into free fall. And, and, and once you've got the diagnosis, you're then um, just battling all the time to make doctor's appointments and hospital appointments and scans and x-rays and all that sort of thing. And we did that. And I have to say the medical team in Sligo were, were incredible. And he did, he went through um, chemotherapy and then we went to Galway for radiotherapy and the Galway bus, people would know, anybody that's done that journey would know about the Galway bus. And um, all the medical staff were absolutely incredible. And in fairness to Tony, he, he once he got the diagnosis, he, we, we were both of a mind, right, we know what's wrong now. At least we know what we're fighting and we'll do everything and we'll get through this and we'll get sorted. And that was the plan and it worked very well for a while. He never batted an eyelid while he was having the chemotherapy. He flew through that. Then he was in Galway and he would go down Galway for a week of radiotherapy. He'd come home for the weekend, then he'd go down the following week. But at some stage during that time, things started to go a little bit pear-shaped. And the plan had always been that he would end up in Dublin when he'd finished all these treatments and have an operation. 
But unfortunately, he got very ill in Sligo. He was home for a weekend, got very ill and was rushed to Dublin. And again, the, the team up there were incredible and they got him stabilised. And we were like, right, great, everything's sorted now. We're stabilised, we're in Dublin. And in our innocence, we thought, right, next step is operation. But unfortunately, that's when the news was broken that, um, no, that wasn't what was going to happen. And he was only stabilised for a little while. And uh, they basically told us to put our affairs in order and, and come home. And it wasn't actually those wasn't that team that referred us to the Northwest Hospital. I rang a friend and told her what was going on because obviously I was in a tailspin. And uh, she said, why don't you ask for a referral to the hospice? And I said to her, are you crazy? I said, that's where you go to die. Now, I had just been told that my husband only had days at this stage. And she said to be a hospice, but it just didn't fit in my head. But luckily, sense prevailed. And we asked in Dublin for a referral. They put the referral in and luckily... Sligo Northwest Hospice had a free bed at the time, so he got to come straight back to Sligo. And you think now, years later, working for the hospice, that people who get that diagnosis are like you, saying they've gone into a tailspin and that it's very, very difficult to think straight at that point. Absolutely, and um, I mean, my 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 immediate reaction when I heard the word hospice was no, that's not that's not where we're going. Because I did not understand what hospice was and I did not know what hospice did. All I had in the back of my head was, was where you went to die. And that is so not the case. And it was, I have to say, and it's a strange thing to say, and I've said it time and time again, it was the most incredible positive experience with the hospice at the most heartbreaking time of our lives. And that's exactly what I want to ask you about. And you talk about it so positively can you describe to me what your experience of hospice was and what they actually did to help you at that most heartbreaking time of your life? Well, I, I, to give you an example, um, Tony was transferred by ambulance back to Sligo and I drove back down. And so he was in the hospice for the time I got there. And I always remember I walked in the front door, said who I was. And this nurse in a very dark Navy uniform came up and she stuck her hand out and she said, you must be Mary. You're very welcome to Northwest Hospice. And even just that alone, it's sort of I was like, this is strange, unusual. I mean, have you ever walked into any clinical area and somebody go up and shake your hand and welcome you? No, you know. So she said, I'm sure you're exhausted. Tony's just got here before you. He's just getting settled. So we're going to give you a cup of tea and toast. And when Tony is settled, we'll come and get you. So that's exactly what they did. They brought me into a little side family room. Um, there was a pot of tea there and toast waiting for me. And I'd say not 10 minutes later, she came, the same lady came up and said, now are you coming down and we'll show you where Tony is. And that was the beginning of the most incredible time and the most incredible journey. And it was a very difficult journey to be on. Can you describe to me how you felt going through those days and what other supports that the hospice gave you? Um. I can't actually tell you how I felt because I think at that stage you're paddling so hard inside trying to keep everything together. We had uh, we have a son and a daughter and they were little at the time. So my daughter's now 20 and my son is now 30, but it's 13 years ago. So Alana was nearly seven and um, Alec was heading for the leaving cert at the time. So um, not only, I often describe the hospice for us, what happened was it was like they wrapped their wings around us and they didn't just look after Anthony. They looked after the children and they looked after me. And by supporting me and keeping me stood up, I was able to try and keep the whole family going and keep everybody together. Um, 
my children were able to come and go into the hospice to see Anthony. And some people think the hospice is just the building on the mall, but actually we have a home care team who see so many more patients. So not everybody needs to come into the hospice, but they need palliative care. So we have a home care team that go out and visit you at home. We have a hospital support team that go out and visit you in hospitals. And we have um, a training team as well. And it's not even just in hospitals. We'll go and see a nursing home or wherever you're living at the time. So that's a huge part of the hospice. So some people might use the home care team. They might have come across as a home care team. Some people might have been in the hospice. And some people might have been in another facility, another hospital. And it's unusual, or not not unusual, but, you know, it was rare that somebody used all three parts of the service. And we actually did because when Tony was in the hospice, he one of his treatments was to get a minor operation. So he was sent over to the hospital. He had that operation over there and they were supporting us while we were over there in the hospital. And then again, when he came back into the hospice. So sometimes... Tony would be well enough. And I mean, if you think originally when we transferred to Sligo, we were told he had maybe three days to live. Our journey was actually for 10 months with the hospice because, and I I put it down to nothing else than the amazing care that we got while we were there. And if you think Tony couldn't walk when we got to the hospice and he ended up, I walked in one day and I was like met by the same nurse that met me on the first day. She said, I have a bit of news. I said, go on, what's up? She said, um, Tony wants to go home. And I looked at her and I went, my Tony? And she said, yes. And I said, right. Now, even though he was a lot better than he had been, he had an awful lot of things had to be done. He had a lot of medications, a lot of dressings, a lot of things like that. And she said, look, don't panic. She said, um, we'll show you everything you have to do. And then we'll come home with you and we'll support you at home. And maybe that line, we'll come home with you and support you at home. Can you describe a little bit more about what that meant what does the hospice movement do for somebody who so badly wants to go home? They will do everything they can to make that happen. And um, sometimes, rarely, unfortunately, it just can't happen. But they will move whatever they have to move to make it possible for you to go home. And Anthony decided he wanted to go home. So... Um, what they did was they showed me a few different things that I didn't know how to do and how to do them, like changing dressings and things like that. And I always remember the day he came home, there was a knock on the door that evening and and uh, I opened the door to this girl and she said, hi, I'm, uh, I won't use any names because I still know all these girls, but I would say, well, just for, for sake, we'll say, I'm Mary and I'm part of the home care team. So she said, I've just nipped out to see Tony and see you're settled in, all right. And that we, we were only back at that stage. We we're only in the house. So... She came down, she went down to his room, she had a chat with him. And at this stage, we had to have a special hospital bed and stuff. And she explained a few things to me that I wasn't sure about. And we're always at the end of the phone. So if you need anything, we're at the end of the phone. So he would have been on a lot of medication. He had a driver, which meant, you know, he didn't have to get loads of injections because it was connected to him. And then if anything went wrong, if, if you know, if he had pain issues or eating issues or whatever it was, I could pick up the phone and I'd ring the hospice and I'd say, look, this is going on. What do I do? And they'd suggest to me what to do. And if that didn't work, they'd say, right, um, we'll get one of our nurses or doctors out to you, depending on how serious the event was at the time. And I'm sure that was an amazing support to know that you had so much support at the end of a phone line. And when people support the hospice, they're not just supporting what you said people think the hospice is maybe like an inpatient facility, but they're also supporting that home care service. Absolutely. And and I describe that time as 
the hospice, giving my children back their father and giving me back my husband because, you know, when we left Dublin, things were so grim. And yet after, um, no, he was in the hospice originally for quite a long time, but after all their work and all their just incredible nursing care, the doctors, the consultants, uh, the whole team that you it's hard to describe um just how incredible they are up there and the work that they do and the comfort that they provide and hospice is not all about drugs it's about the way they interact with the families the way they support the families and not only the person in the bed but it's center it's patient-centered care so that means that if you have a team you know and the team could be a consultant a doctor nurses physiotherapists um the patient in the bed is the centre of that team and they get a say. So it's not everybody else telling you what to do. It's you saying, well, this is what I'd like to happen. And then it's up to the team to see can we work together and make it happen. And isn't it great to have that uh, professional support at a very difficult time in your life? Completely. And, and you know, you never want to have to go to hospice or be involved in it. But you are so blessed that it's there when you need it and that that service is there for you to tap into. My my own mother died in 1980 before there was a hospice. And I can remember as a young girl, I was 15, um, being at home with my mother and my brothers and sisters. And it's all trying to mind her. And literally her, a bottle of, a bottle of morphine and um, a local community nurse that used to come out to us when she could. And luckily... Um, a lady by the name of Claire Campbell saw that gap in our healthcare system and said, we need a hospice. And it was her and a group of people she put together that started the foundations of the hospice. So some people after a bereavement might do a bake sale for hospice or try to raise funds in some way. But you decided that you wanted to do a little bit more and now you're working full time with the hospice. What would you encourage someone who's listening to this to do if they'd like to support the hospice? Well, we're very, very blessed in that the community we have around us are hugely, hugely supportive. And that really came home to roost through the last year and a half, which has been so severe on everybody. It's been severe on our community. It's been severe on the hospice itself, trying to work with COVID and lockdowns. And it's been severe on our fundraising efforts for the hospice because, you know, you can't have... 20 people in a room having a coffee morning or you can't be having groups of people and yet the community just turned around and said right we can't do it the way we used to do it so we'll do it differently and a lot of people turned around and did virtual events and I'm always saying thank you to people but we really mean it from the bottom of our hearts the work and, and, and the dedication they put into it one of my um, things that I'm seriously involved with at the moment is the hospice shop and we have a team of volunteers down there so those volunteers that run that shop, and I say run it because they do. I mean, I steer it, but they run it. Um, the time and energy they put in. So they don't give money. They give their time, which is huge, which creates money. And all that money is filtered then back into the hospice. And that's really important. The hospice is free to all that come to us. And it's free because of hospice shops like the hospice shop and Boyle and Roscommon and Sligo. People purchasing something, but also people giving their time. Yes, um, we have a shop here in Sligo for the Northwest Hospice. Mayo, Roscommon have shops scattered all over their counties 
and all those shops generate funds. But then we have a fundraising team here also, and we're in the Wine Street office tonight, um, who they coordinate and organize and support the community when they're doing their fundraising events. And then we, the fundraising team also run events themselves, like they do the Memorial Walk. At Christmas, they're organizing the sale of Christmas cards. Um, we do different things like flag days and coffee morning we just had last week. And again, the community came out and supported us. And if they couldn't have the coffee morning in the house, they were doing, you know, um, outside ones. So somebody could grab a coffee as they're going by and still keeping in line with the COVID rules and the HSE rules. So the community are always behind us and, and we're ever so grateful. And of course, if anyone wants to support the hospice, it's hospice.ie. I do want to ask you two final questions. One very difficult question that I want to ask you. You said that your own personal experience was you were referred to the Northwest Hospice. If there's someone listening to this today who really needs the services of the hospice, can you tell me how they go about getting that referral? Well, from your your own uh, GP, if you talk to them or if you're in a hospital situation already, talk to any of the medical team that you're in and they will refer you. And depending on what parts of the country you're in, that will depend on where you're referred to. Um, And what I would say is when people hear hospice, don't be afraid and don't be scared because they will help you. They will support you. They will guide you. And they will look after you if it's you personally that needs a referral or if it's a loved one. Um, just ask your local GP, ask your local hospital and then come and, and then you'll be redirected to us and then we will talk to you and, and, and take you step by step. Mary, I want to thank you so much for telling your personal story on Ross FM today. I know it isn't an easy story to tell, but you tell it so well. And I appreciate you taking the time and the huge effort that it must be to tell this story can I do one thing for you? Can I play a song for you on Ross FM this Friday afternoon? You can, and a song that my was a favourite of my husband's, uh, A Bridge Over Troubled Waters. So if you can play that for me, um, I'd be delighted, and my kids would be delighted too. Absolutely, we'll do it. Mary, it's yours. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. 94.6. This is Ross FM. Thank you very much indeed to Mary there for telling me her story from the Northwest Hospice in Sligo. I popped along there to their offices earlier on today and it was great to have you on board, Mary. Thank you so much for taking the time out to tell me your story and uh, to tell me a little bit about what it means to be supported by the hospice services, by the home care services and by the hospice team in Sligo. Don't forget, if you want to support the hospice, you still can do that. Hospice.ie, their uh, fund for the coffee morning still exists. Today will be my and humid, generally cloudy this evening with occasional bright spells. Staying dry for the most, but outbreaks of rain will continue to affect the western half of the country. Rain will turn heavier and more persistent this evening. Tonight, rain over the western half of the country will turn persistent and extend eastwards to all areas. Rain will continue tomorrow over the east and the north of the country, but there will be bright or sunny spells as well. The very best of luck to the TY students from Roscommon Community College. They will be broadcasting their own show here on Ross FM in the coming weeks. Didn't actually know about that until the text came in. The very best of luck to you guys broadcasting your own show here on Ross FM 94.6 in the coming weeks. They will have music and interviews and some very well-known personalities from the world of sport and entertainment. The best of luck to you guys. It comes in from all of the staff in Roscommon Community College. Eight minutes away from five o'clock on Feel Good Friday evening. We're rocking you towards the weekend. Saturday night 
night as we rock you towards the weekend. It's Feel Good Friday on this Friday evening across Roscommon Town. Delighted to have you on board on Ross FM. That's very specially for the transition year students from Roscommon Community College. And they're currently preparing their own show for this here radio station. It goes to air in a couple of weeks. Thanks for the message, guys. Uh, and uh, thanks to your staff for supporting you as well. You'll have music interviews and loads of well-known personalities. Do let me know by text when it's going to happen on 0838599748. I'd love to give you a mention again. And the very best of luck with that show as well. Five minutes away from uh, five o'clock on this Friday evening. Aidan Raftery, have you seen that church? Um, no, I have, I've heard I've heard about it though, and I heard it's a, it's a lovely church. Yeah, so you're going to be live uh, from five. from five o'clock until seven. Yeah, we'll have all the usual. We're going to have uh, obviously uh, Premier League soccer with Mar- myself and Martin, and then after that we'll have local J with myself and uh, former Common goalkeeper Ray Lan, and we'll have local rugby. We'll have national and international rugby. So local rugby will be with myself and Adrian Leddy, and the national and international rugby will will be with myself and Michael Cook. Uh, we'll also have the soccer fixtures for the Roscommon and District League and uh, ladies football as well from Roscommon and the court and much, much more. So lots to come between now and uh, five o'clock and seven o'clock on Friday sports this Friday evening. That's it. And uh, as, as always, myself and Martin are looking forward to it. And I just want to say well done and the best of luck to the everyone, the people involved in that show that we were saying there uh, from uh, Roscommon Community College and the best of luck with it and I'm looking forward to looking forward to listening to it it's always nice to hear local local uh, shows definitely looking forward to hear it and if there's transition year students from any other schools listening to us we'd love to hear from you as well on Ross FM send a text to 0838599748 if you're interested in sport uh, Aidan will definitely give you a mention and uh, if you have any sporting events coming up let us know about it we'll read out the results as well it's three minutes away from five o'clock on this Friday evening Leitrim with a new manager that's it yeah it's a, it's a very interesting appointment obviously he'll bring a wealth of experience to the job Andy Moran a great player for uh, for um, Mayo in his day and now this is his first appointment as, as inter-county level as a manager so it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the to the position so a Ross Common man playing for Mayo <laughs> managing Leitrim against Mayo it's going to be a very interesting summer it is sure is yeah it's a bit it's a bit off now it's a bit long away yet but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the I suppose the Connacht FBD league goes after the Christmas and uh, then the league and the championship but I suppose before all that he'll be uh, going around to all the matches in Leitrim and having a look at the players that are available in, in addition to the, the panel that was there last season so it's going to be uh, it's going to be inter- a very interesting time for him and the players in Leitrim we definitely wish him well Aidan Raftery thank you very much for joining me Aidan is live on this Friday evening with Friday Sports right outside 5 o'clock thanks very much to Mary from the Northwest Hospice for joining me earlier on telling me her story and if you do want to donate to the hospice it's hospice.ie that's my lot for this Friday evening I hope you enjoyed Feel Good Friday I'll be back on the air next Friday evening with more of the same I'm going to leave you tonight with ABBA and Waterloo until 4 o'clock next Friday evening if you see someone without a smile do give them one of yours a very good evening to you.